When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Age of Jeremy. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Age of Jeremy, where you can get some investment news from the leader in financial education, investments, accounting, taxes, and business advice. And if I'm not the leader yet, I will be soon. Also, follow our podcast network, The Age of Radioverse, on Instagram at Age of Radioverse, 100 podcasts strong and growing. You can also check me out on TikTok at Age of Jeremy and Twitter at Age of Jeremy Q. If you want to be on this podcast and chat, email me at jeremy.quintanilla at ageofradioverse.org. We are looking for small business owners and influencers to share their stories. No matter how small, no matter how big, we just love a good story. All right, let's get to today's podcast. My name is Jeremy Quintanilla. You are listening to Age of Jeremy. I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm the co-founder of Age of Radio and 3T Fitness, and well, other businesses that I am working on. This podcast is about everything that I learn and the trials and tribulations it took to learn them. I hope you enjoy. This episode was recorded on January 9th, 2022, so some of the news may have changed. Please make sure to do your own research, and I urge you to learn, to enjoy reading news, and enjoy newspapers. So, Bitcoin falls towards 40,000 as of January 8th, racking up its longest losing streak since 2018. This comes from Coindesk. You can check that out at coindesk.com. Bitcoin fell for a seventh straight day, the longest losing streak since 2018, slipping toward the key psychological threshold of 40,000. As of press time, Bitcoin was changing hands around 40,800, down 2.3% over the past 24 hours based on Coindesk pricing. Bitcoin's stretch of losses is now the largest since the downdraft from July 30th through August 4th in 2018. The price hasn't fallen below 40,000 since September 2021, and it's well off the all-time high near 69,000 reached in November. Crypto market analysis have warned recently that Bitcoin might be prone to a steeper sell-off, though. There were some signs late last week that the market might be stable. January tends to be a seasonally weak month for Bitcoin, but this year has been especially harsh with the largest cryptocurrency down 11% so far in 2022. Now, I don't have a crystal ball and I haven't played around with scrying in a long time, so I don't know what is going to happen. I am bullish long term for Bitcoin as it works very well as an inflation hedge similar to gold. Not saying that won't change sometime in the future or over the long term, but right now it essentially works as the same as an inflation hedge inflation hedge similar to gold. Most other cryptocurrencies correlate or move in tandem with Bitcoin. So the overall crypto market will probably do the same thing that Bitcoin does. If you don't have a high risk tolerance, I would sell your Bitcoin. I imagine this is still part of Bitcoin trying to find a stabilization price. If you aren't risk adverse, I believe that Bitcoin will get around 60,000 by the end by the beginning of 2023 or the end of 2022. I am not in the camp that it'll get over 100,000 by the end of 2022. Again, always consult a financial advisor that's someone with a Series 65 or Series 7. All right, let's 
what's move, moving on. Employees have more leverage right now. This is taken from a Market Watch article. Millions of Americans are quitting their jobs. Should you stay or should you go? In recent months, the gap between what Americans could earn from switching jobs widened as labor shortages persisted. Should I stay or should I go is a burning question on the minds of millions of Americans who are in a pickle, whether to stay at their current job or to go to a different one. There's a hardly been a better time to get hired with almost 11 million job openings in the U.S., a near record high level. In November, 4.5 million Americans quit their jobs, pushing the country's quit rate to a 3% record high. Since the U.S. economy began recovering from the Great Recession, that was back in 2009-ish, Americans have almost always achieved higher wages from switching jobs as opposed to staying at their current ones. According to the Atlanta Federal Reserve Bank's wage growth tracker, which uses data from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. But in recent months, the gap between what Americans could earn from switching jobs widened as labor shortages persisted. So should you stay or go before you prepare to jump ship at your current job? Consider that you could also be in a great position to get a raise, especially if other colleagues have quit recently, says Jeff Hyman, CEO of Recruit Rockstars, a Chicago-based online recruiting company. The most important question to ask yourself before you finalize an offer for a higher paying job is, are you interested in optimizing your income for the short term or for the long term? Hyman, who also is the CEO of Venturesome.com, a recently launched online job board, said, if you're interested in achieving a higher income in the long run, as in more than five years from now, your best bet is to stay with your current employer so that you can get promoted. And even though you may get a jump pay bump from switching jobs, there's a good chance that you may find you made a big mistake. If you are strictly interested in getting more money immediately, your best bet is to accept a new hired paying job opportunity, Hyman said. There's also no point in staying current in your current job if you're miserable and you have another job offer you think where you will be happier. Another consideration if your employer is is if your employer is in a return to office phase and you're not comfortable with that, it's absolutely reasonable to quit. I think the most important thing to remember is that the you only have power when you use your voice at your job. Do not be afraid to speak up and do not be a do not be afraid to tell them what you believe that you are worth because you are probably worth that or more. All right. The third article I want to bring up is from the Wall Street Journal. It's about the bond sell-off that took place. So the bond sell-off rattles markets. I hope to talk more about bonds this year because I don't think retail investors understand them. Most retail investors are either into crypto, penny stocks, meme stocks, or just regular old stocks. We never hear about bonds, even though the U.S. bond market alone is worth $40 trillion. And why is that? It's because raising money through debt is less expensive than raising money through equity in most situations. Now, I'm not going to go into what a bond is here, but know that a bond Bond sell-off is important. Again, this is taken from the Wall Street Journal. A year, a year opening bond route has pushed longer-term interest rates to new pandemic-era highs, sending shock waves across financial markets. 
U.S. traders have barely switched on their computers as of last Monday for the first trading session of the year when bond prices started tumbling. The yield on the benchmark 10-year treasury note, which rises when bond prices fall, jumped in just one day from its year-end close of 1.496% to 1.628%. By Friday, it had settled at 1.769%, smashing through its 2021 closing high of 1.749% to reach its highest level since January 2020 before officials reported the first COVID-19 cases in the U.S. The worst week for 10-year notes since 2019 wasn't a disaster for stocks. The S&P declined 1.9% and didn't come as a complete surprise. Investors widely expected yields to rise this year as the Federal Reserve starts raising short-term interest rates. Stock indexes have generally performed well in years when the central bank was in the early stages of tightening monetary policy, and many analysts anticipate a repeat this year, thanks in part to continued growth in corporate earnings. Still, the jump in yields happened faster than most had anticipated and sparked significant volatility. The Nasdaq Composite lost 4.5% in its worst week in more than 10 months as rising yields hit shares of technology companies and other businesses that derive much of their value from profits expected further in the future. Salesforce.com dropped 10% for the week. The ARK Innovation ETF lost 11%. Rising interest rates can hurt stocks in several ways, from increasing corporate borrowing costs to offering investors an alternative means of earning decent returns. The impact tends to be larger in so-called growth stocks because investors deem uncertain future profits less valuable when they can get more guaranteed income from treasuries. Higher yields also push up borrowing costs for consumers, highlighted last week, the first week of January, by the average 30-year mortgage rate reaching a nearly two-year high at 3.22%. Rising yields aren't all bad news on short-term bonds, though. They reflect expectations for Fed rate increases. But on longer-term bonds, they signal confidence that those rate increases won't cause a recession, which is important. Shares of businesses in economically sensitive sectors, such as banking, industrials, and energy, generally rose last week with the S&P 500 financial sector gaining 5.4% in its best five-day start to a year since 2010. If you want to read this full article or the other article, The links will be in the episode description, and we will be right back after a short break. I want to talk about what I did to break away from corporate America. So for the past 11 years, I've worked for Wells Fargo Bank. I was in college at the time working on my finance and accounting degrees, or what I like to call finance, um, because I'm sound like a douchebag, I guess. I was working on starting my own business while I was in school. Then I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. At the time, I was 27. Um, and, uh, to, to kind of get perspective on this, I went uh, back to college when I was around 24. Now I had some money in an investment portfolio because that is what I wanted to do. I really want to id and still want to create an algorithmic trading company, mainly because all I wanted at the time was money. Now I have a little bit different reason of why I want to do it. Uh, but again, at the time, all I wanted was money, but because all I wanted was money, I had some money. And unfortunately I had too much money to get Arizona state insurance. Uh, this was before the affordable care act, but, um, I didn't make enough from my investment portfolio to be able to afford living, uh, to get insurance. Now, I definitely didn't make enough to afford my medicine, so I did what a lot of people do, and they got a job for the benefits, or I got a job for the benefits. So I found Wells Fargo, and I decided I would just work there and work my way up. I figured with my degrees, 
Um, and my plan to get my MBA, I would just rise to the top before I knew it, but I was sadly mistaken. Apparently, um, it didn't work that way in the real world. I started as a teller, then I moved to a lead teller, then a personal banker, then a service manager, then a senior service manager, then a branch manager, then a branch manager at a larger store, then a relationship business banker, and finally a commercial banker. Uh, but what happened was I woke up one day and I realized I, I needed to do everything I could to make money doing what I love. And what I love is I love making content, I love investing, and I love solving problems. I wanted to build businesses to solve those problems and do the things that I enjoy. So I started my first company. Uh, my first, well, I started another company. My first company I tried to start when I was in college. Um, but I started another company, kind of just com- a, a new one, right? And I called it, he was, it, it's pronounced he was sucka now. Now. Um, and it, it sounds Japanese, but it, it's really Wonka watch backwards. And it's from the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory movie. That's why I can never pronounce it. So I'm not sure if it's the best name for a business or a brand. Um, but it's the, the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory movie with Gene Wilder. Now, I wanted to get into the candy and sugar business, um, and now, don't worry, it, it's still in the works. Not sure if I'm going to call it Hawasaka now, um, but during my time at Wells Fargo, I met John, and John needed help, so I helped him. I helped him for free, well, kind of. Now, I started helping him uh, and then realized that this was my opportunity to ba- break away from the matrix or from corporate America and return to my purpose, right? Creating, creating something. I knew I would have to work hard. And frankly, besides maybe John, uh, I can work. I can work for hours straight, multiple days straight, and not just like work, but intently grind and create for days. I promise I will work out to work anyone and work longer than anyone. And that's what I did. I essentially have worked seven days a week on average, twelve hours a day. Uh, I say I say average because some days it was 22 hours and some days it was four hours, um, but on average, 12 hours a day. And I did it for four years straight, seven days a week. And now if I want to work Monday and Tuesday and take the rest of the week off, I can. If I want to work Monday through Sunday, I can. I get to work on the things that I want to work on because I am free. I'm responsible for my own money and I get the complete benefit of my labor. And in essence, I am now the capitalist, which if you follow me, (laughs) I hate capitalism, um, but this allows me to make the changes that I think need to be changed in capitalism, at least on my level. Now, Buddhism has a concept called the six paramitas or six perfections. Now, I'm not going to go into all of them, but one of them, dana or giving of oneself, it is the practice of cultivating generosity. And this brings me to the number one thing that you can do to break away from corporate America. And I'm going to talk about five things that I believe that if you do, you will be presented with the opportunities or will be able to take your current opportunity and break away from your current corporate job or the job that you hate or the life that you hate. Okay. And it all starts with Donna or giving of oneself. And so giving of yourself, what what do I mean by that? Well, I mean, help people. If someone helps you and you think that you can help them, just do good and help them the best way that you can. The more you give of yourself, you will be rewarded. I don't know if you want to call it karma or if you want to call it God rewarding you, but you will be rewarded. It may not be the reward that you want, but your life will be better if you give. Give money, give time, give of yourself. 
And I'll be honest, I give of myself to hopefully right a lot of wrongs. I don't expect anything physical in return. My hope is that if the Buddhist version of hell exists, I hope that my reincarnation is in a closer hell to being reincarnated in human form. Now, I don't think science, something I know that is factual, that it's something I believe in science, right, can prove that doing good gets you good in return. I just know that the more good that I do, the more I am blessed, and I am grateful for that. So I continue to do good. So give of yourself as much as you can. The second thing is take advantage of opportunities. When you are giving of yourself, the first thing, giving of yourself, and you're giving your time, you will be presented with multiple opportunities that will provide value to you. These can be business opportunities, learning a new skill, networking, can be all kinds of things. This may be sitting on a board for a nonprofit. It might be joining something like our Warrior Council. Every person that works for us now has been a volunteer for us. They have all wanted to help us in some fashion, so we let them help. Or we ask people that showed promise to help us. They helped us, and now they are free from the matrix. But we do have one ask of our employees. They can accomplish the stuff that they need to accomplish. That's it. They just need to accomplish the stuff that they have been given to accomplish. If that takes five hours a week or 80 hours a week, it doesn't matter. As long as they get the job done that we need done. If they don't want to work a day or hang out with family, they cool, they can, as long as their stuff is getting done. That's the way that it should be. Point being is that when you are giving of yourself, more and more opportunities will present themselves. So you need to be looking for them and taking advantage. Every single business that I own, except for the ones that I actually start on my own, have be fruitioned or come about because I was helping someone. And they presented me with an opportunity and I took advantage of that opportunity and continued to give of myself in that opportunity. So just remember, you give of yourself, opportunities will be presented, you take advantage of those opportunities and you will benefit from them. The third thing that you need to learn is skills. You need to learn skills, you need to learn some more skills, and then you even need to learn some more skills. You have to be educated to be successful. And the definition that I'm using for education is because people have this negative connotation of education. What I mean by education is the result is the result produced by instruction, training, or study. From education, I, you, they can acquire skills. With those skills, you can go and sell those skills. You can sell them to an employer or you can sell them to customers by starting a business or selling them to businesses or selling them to consumers. This is how labor works. That's it. Sometimes people will ask for your help because they believe in you, the person, not you, the skill set. If they believe in you, the person, then you need to go and acquire the skills that are required because they believed in you and the person to do the thing that they want you to do. For example, John asked me if I could help him with the podcast, Motivation, Health, and Life. I knew what a podcast was. I knew how YouTube worked, but I didn't really know exactly how distribution worked with the podcast, what we needed to record. So I just figured out as much as I could. I spent every evening reading on it so I could help John do the podcast that eventually led to my ownership and 3T Fitness. I learned how all the equipment I needed worked. I figured out how the podcast works. And now I own multiple businesses with this person, John, because I chose to help and I learned the skills that I needed to learn of what he was asking me. 
The other part about learning skills is to continue to improve your skills in the area that you specialize in. So I specialize in finance and accounting, and I'm trying to learn how to specialize in tax. I can specialize in investing. I really like audio, so I continue to hone my skills in audio and audio engineering because I continue to learn in these areas. It helps me make me a more important asset. I'm not saying that I am irreplaceable to John and the team, but I am skilled enough that if I become replaced by the team, I can go and do it 100% for myself by starting a different business. I will always be able to make money for myself moving forward because I continue to learn and hone the skills that I have. Okay? So the first thing, you have to give of yourself. Two, you have to take advantage of opportunities. And third, you have to learn skills, learning new skills, learning more skills, learning, going deeper in the skills that you're already good at. That is what makes you important. And that is what makes you, uh, makes you a asset to people. Okay. Four, you need to create a vision board. A lot of people make fun of me because of vision boards. A lot of people think vision boards are weird. That's fine. I've never really given a shit about what other people think about me, but I have had a lot of success with vision boards. The vision board allows you to see what you are trying to accomplish. If you have never used a vision board, it is essentially a piece of white paper, the kind you would use for like a science project, you know, like a big white construction piece of paper or something along those lines. And what you're doing is you're essentially gluing or sticking a visual representation of what you want out of life on that board. The idea is that by doing this, it becomes the focal point of your life and you manifest it into reality. The images that are on the whiteboard, you're manifesting those into reality. Now, mine is hung on my wall in my home office. Now, it's very important that I see it at all times. It reminds me of everything that I am doing. I have my education goals, my political aspirations, my investment goals, things I want to buy my wife. I have everything on it. It is super important to me that I see it at all times. Okay, and it needs to be super important to you that you see your vision at all times. So if you can meditate on it, if you can repeat what's on it, if you can repeat what you are trying to accomplish as much as possible in your mind, you can visualize it and see it. The reason being is that your vision becomes part of your core. So the more you think about it, the more you see it, the more you meditate on it. It becomes a part of you and you know what you are working so hard for. That is why it's so important. You're giving of yourself, okay? You give of yourself. You take advantage of opportunities. You continue to hone and learn your skills. You create a vision board, and then you plan and organize. That's the fifth, and I think possibly even the most important thing on the list of the things that I'm talking about, right, is planning and organizing. I set an exact date of when I was going to leave my corporate career. I did everything in my power to make sure my debt was paid down. I made sure I could supplement my income from my own business. And again, this is the hardest part. Most people have unreal expectations of how much money it will take to grow a business. However, if you are not in a full-time position, it's difficult to grow. Like if you're not full-time in your 
you know, business, it's really difficult to grow. And that's where it gets hard. This is where I was fortunate because coach JV was the one who worked full time at the business and sacrificed everything. But this goes back to the opportunities and helping people. Coach had access to people that he asked for, for help and asked him for help, which years later opened up more and more opportunities that we took advantage of. But the more you plan, the more you can focus on the plan and look at the plan and see how it is working. The more you are organized, it allows you to look at your plan and see what tasks go into accomplishing your goal and focusing on those goals. Now, I do my best to stay as organized as possible, and I use a physical day planner, I use Microsoft Planner, I use Microsoft Outlook, and I use tasks. Now, I use all these tools to stay organized on what needs to be done. I make sure I focus on the main things that will grow revenue or create profit, and I focus on how I was going to utilize that revenue and profit to eventually leave my job, which I did, right? And that's what's super important. If you're not making money, you're not going to be able to supplement your income and you're not never going to be able to leave your corporate job, right? That's the trick and that's the hardest part. So that has to be the thing that you're focusing on. And to focus on that, you have to stay planned and you have to stay organized, okay? So to recap the five things that I recommend that you do to get rid of your corporate job or to end up working for yourself is to get super good at giving of yourself, taking advantage of opportunities, learning skills. That's the most, one of the most important ones, learning skills, honing your skills, right? Create, um, create a vision board and plan and organize everything, everything. Now it was not an easy feat. I'm not going to lie to you. It was super fucking hard. It took us four years. Now it is important right my future plans that I work for myself. And that was the key. So that's what I focused on. Now, if you want to learn more about motivation and building generational wealth, you can do one of two things. One, you can go to our warrior website at 3twarriors.com. Okay. And the description or the link to the, the website is in the episode description. But if you want to see Coach JV, my business partner talks, you can see, hear more about what kind of motivational and generational wealth building stuff we offer in our academy. You can head on over to 3T Academy YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, type in 3T Academy. From there, you can get better sense of what we are doing. Either way, no matter what, whether you learn from my podcast, whether you join our academy, it doesn't matter. As long as you're learning something and moving forward, I want to thank you for spending time with me. I really appreciate it. You could be spending your time somewhere else, but you're choosing to spend it with me. So please remember to be thankful, be grateful, be kind, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Age of Jeremy. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. If you can do me a favor, please rate this podcast if your podcatcher allows you to. Talk to you soon.